0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here we go, here we go,
1: here we go, here we go. This is it.
0: This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow.
1: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So, what?
0: Welcome along it's the Friday morning episode apologies it's slightly later than usual you don't need to know why it's none of your business
1: well i've here we are. I, I i would like to reveal a little <laughs> bit as to why because oh, i we just tell them yeah it's it's uh, the, here's my summary of what happened uh usually we would have recorded this on Thursday night we couldn't for reasons but so this morning um we thought we'd record one nice and early get it out for you all and um mm-hmm. I'd, I'd woken up at six with the the dog had woken me up at six. The dog was ill. Now it, it's it's better. I would say almost two better. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's oh, like
0: you've got a new uh,
1: lease of life. When it was very ill, that was worrying. Uh, but yeah. then when it's just a little bit ill, it it calmed him, it calmed her down a bit, right? But mm, now she's yeah. like hundred percent again. If anything, she's hundred ten percent. It's like all the energy Herodical. she saved a week by being ill. Anyway. Ugh so i was up early and then i think that just and i was thinking great um, well the good thing about getting up this early is i'll get more done i can catch up on emails me and andy or pod early and then the thing was was that i think just about 15 minutes before you texted me saying you know should we should we do a podcast let's pod uh, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not going to tell them exactly what our code language is because that's for us to know. No, it's
0: secret. But you sent us. me the code, yeah. uh,
1: which means something. we make to be a podcast, secret. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we don't want other would-be podcasters picking up on our techniques that we've honed over the years, right? Right. And and they said, um, okay. And then you texted me, and then but just before that, I fell back to sleep. Uh, right. So. But here's the real twist in the tale listeners. Right? By the time I woke up from my little morning nap, right, which was about an hour long, by the time I woke up on the sofa and responded to Andy's text, Andy had fallen back to sleep. And see, the, and so this is a, was, Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the thing was, Sam, I got up at seven to get my boy ready out the door for school, so it was an hour yeah. later than yeah. you got up. Yeah. So my sleep started an hour later than yours Brilliant. did, but it overlapped so with what we this were going to do. This shows how our
1: nap calendars are very almost attuned. <laughs> but what we were playing this morning um, was what's known as nap tag. You hear cunts, LinkedIn type people going, "Sorry, we've been playing phone tag all week." Don't they?
0: <laughs> Do they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Christ. a link, that's sort of like, uh, yeah. It's it's a Barry homeowner type thing. So, yeah. oh, been playing phone tag, haven't we? I keep missing you. You keep missing me, <laughs> right? Um, but we don't play phone phone tag because we don't phone each other. Because phoning people is a little bit Tory. Yeah, there I've said it. I haven't thought of this before, mm. but it is. Um, and so, but we play nap tag where we've just where we just keep missing each other's naps. And it could have gone on all day. And had it done, um, although I would have felt bad that we hadn't given you the Friday podcast that you all expect and love and look forward to like a child on Christmas morning, it would have also just been a wonderful sense of achievement on the part of our business. And that's what this is. It's a business, is that we can't get the content made because one of us is always napping. Correct.
0: Correct. So that's, that's why it's late, so we're sorry about that. I stayed up late because I was watching on iPlayer a documentary about the great Fred Dibner.
1: Mm.
0: Are you aware of Fred Dibner? Oh, son? yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We talked about him on it's the pub before. steeplejack. Ball. Yeah, legend. The, the
0: fellow used to dismantle and knock down chimneys, but he used to do it manually. It, this was the very first documentary that was made about him in 1979, mm. and it's on iPlayer for about the next three weeks, and I strongly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I will give that uh, a watch. He's in, I think it's Bolton, where he started off, and it's called Fred Dibner, Steeplejacker, <laughs> And it, we, we see him doing some repairs on church steeples and various other large buildings, but he, he brings down a large chimney from the top at mm. one point because it can't be brought down demolition style so he gets mm. up right up the top and just starts chipping away at the bricks and br- gradually just brings it down almost in reverse order from how it was built in the first place Fuck like an old hell. industrial chimney Yeah, and then he does another one towards the end of the documentary um, where he's got this method which doesn't use dynamite he's, n- he's not into the dynamite kind of demolition That's lazy As- it's lazy, to, it's newfangled.
1: New I mean, it's exciting, but it is lazy. It is
0: it's very exciting, mm. yeah, but th- this is more exciting the way Fred does it. Yeah. He, what he does, he knocks, in the base of this massive chimney, he knocks like a kind of a, a, a doorway, mm. which he then supports the chimney with some pit props, some wooden pit props, so that it won't fall down. But then he fills this sort of um, fireplace, if you like, that he's built in the bottom of this chimney mm. with wood and with tyres, and all sorts of flammable stuff and then gets a a, a stick with a, a rag and some gasoline on the end and starts lighting this fire that he's made in the bottom of this chimney and the fire takes hold and gradually the chimney gives way to the fire and the chimney just comes down in one go exactly in the direction that Fred... Is expected it to come yeah. down in the only the only position it could come down in because there's like streets and stuff all around it. Mm. He has to have done this perfectly and got his angles just right so that yeah. it comes down. And it's, it is spectacular when it comes down because he's I not bet. doing a brick I by bet. brick. It, I when bet. Yeah. when I mean, it falls, it falls.
1: That's why and he it's, was it's so popular. Because he had a very he's he very charismatic, sort of quietly yes. charismatic, but also yeah. the actual job itself being a steeplejack the Shit that goes down, like you just described, is I mean, it's just inherently compelling, isn't it?
0: It's, it's brilliant. I mean, he started, he went to art school, he said at the beginning, right? He, he was hoping to be like an artist of some kind, mm-hmm. and he is an artist. Yeah, then the art is destruction of chimneys,
1: yeah, that's an art, yeah, and it's and certainly it, it's beautiful and powerful and evokes complex emotions witnessing him do his job. So, I guess that's art, isn't it?
0: And there's this chimney that he built on his mum's house when he was 17. Which all the chimneys on all the houses are the same. They've got a chimney that goes up, and then there's a row of like small chimney, four chimney pots mm. that all the smoke comes out of. Fred was ahead of his time. He built a special chimney for his mum's house, which is about three times the height
1: yeah.
0: of those chimneys. And at one point, he has to go and sweep the chimney for her. So he's up on the roof, dropping his brush down it because nobody else, no other regular chimney sweep, will come and do it. And I got a lovely Proustian rush from when. Uh, my gran used to get the chimney sweep round to do her because she had a oh, cold yeah. fire like forever until yeah. I was about 15. And the chimney sweep comes and he puts his big blanket cloth thing in front of the fireplace so that yeah. all, the, all the soot and won't the de- go and everywhere. And the dead birds. And the dead birds. And then he goes up and you hear it, you hear all the soot coming down. Wow. Oh, man. So that was, that was me. It was like half one this morning watching that. Hence this morning's nap. It was a steeple, was it was
1: on. a Fred Dimba special nap, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a, a nap in association with Fred Dibner. But there's loads of Fred Dibner stuff on, like, catch-up telly. Um,
1: um, just it definitely r- it
0: definitely deserves further examination.
1: Just playing. I mean, Fred Dibner has been suggested to us before by Cunters yeah. as a deep potential deep dive, and I'd be more than happy yeah. to embark upon that. Um, just writing down another t- on my list of T-shirt ideas, let's play nap tag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll never happen, of course, that but, could bring you know,
1: people together. Good. Um if you saw two if two people saw each other wearing that in a pub. Um yeah, Fred Dibner, uh, my my we had, my mum's got a chimney on her house, but we had the old council four bar uh and and so but then like years later when Aunt Ella passed away, we got mm. some inheritance money from old Aunt Ella, who Amongst my brothers and I was rhyming slang for pint of Stella for many years as well.
0: <laughs> Get the
1: Auntie Ella's in your cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Ella may warrant a deep dive one of these days because she's, yeah, I mean she was quite character. Anyway, she passed away. Her house got sold. My mum got some of that money, and um, one of the things we did—it wasn't much—but one of the things my mum despised this gas fire we had right on the on the wall. Because it was like one of those things. There was no central heating. It was the only sort of heating in the house. But it was either hotter than the sun or freezing cold. One of those situations. And yeah. it used to burn the dog as well. Our dog Bella was white. And like she would stand up close to it because she was freezing. And then you'd smell the burning dog fur. It was the whole oh. Everything about it, it was ugly. It was useless. It was dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So my mum said, I want to get a proper fireplace, right? But a proper fireplace was a bit too over the top and impractical. So what she ended up getting was one of these fireplaces that you can get installed that's got fake coal, right? Yeah. But the the type of fake coal not the plastic moulded, it was actual blocks, but it wasn't real yeah. coal, but it looked like coal but and it was a gas there was a gas flame underneath it. And, these, and that would
0: heat through the coal. Yeah. Yeah. make it go orange. Yeah.
1: Eat, a bit, but it wasn't real coal. <clears throat> I don't know what it was made of. But what it did do was right. it would emit like sort of a dusty fume. And therefore, cut a story short, you had a, uh, it, basically the chimney needed to be unblocked. What we discovered was, was that houses with gas fires, right, and um, chimneys, there was a, like a, concrete stopper in the top of the chimney we didn't know right we didn't know it was yeah. there but it was and when these lads came to fit the the new fire they said you have to get that out because if not you'll all poison yourself you'll gassed you'll be gassed right within hours th- thank god they noticed because they had no obligation to tell They're us but they've just looked at to you and go yeah bye is that you done then yeah bye oh by the way you better take that thing out of the chimney or you're all gassed to death ta <laughs> Right? So my mum didn't want to tell the council because it was one of those situations where if you modify your council house, you have to ask for permission. But, you know, fuck it. You don't ask for permission because they'll take ages trying to make a decision. They'll be really lampardy about it, right? So we thought, fuck, we've got to get this stopper out ourselves, right? Um, <laughs>
0: human pyramid? Delaney yeah, human pyramid?
1: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is my, my brother, like... The Delaney boys, right, the four of us, we are not practical men, right? <laughs> we are men of words, right? <laughs> um, but we are not we're, not... we're not practical with tools and whatnot, right? But which is fine. Sometimes you just have to accept that. We do our best when we have to. But a job like yeah. that is not for us. But the thing is, three of us, we know and we accept that that's what... that we are men who are not you know, we're not handy with, with the toolbox and all the rest of it, right? But you, one you,
0: of you your lovers not fighters. We're lovers not fighters.
1: Well, no, I mean fighting doesn't you come do into like it. A we we will yeah. fight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will fight, we just don't we can't fix things. Right? Um but the but one of us thinks that he is practical and that is the problem. To have someone who refuses to accept that they're impractical, that they're not skilled, highly skilled with like you know basically maintenance and building type work right that's dangerous Andy because if you know you're not great then you know what your limits are like you're yeah. not you're not like a big maintenance guy are you I mean you do a certain amount and then you know your limit and they'll call someone in if it's a bit more serious right
0: Fred, Fred Dibner said something on that documentary last night he said something there's no such thing as a brave man he says like any many man who says he's brave is either a liar or an idiot
1: yeah yeah but the thing is the thing is is that like we all were like we're not you know we can drain a fucking radiator or paint the fucking bathroom right Mm -hmm. but we're not gonna fucking climb on a roof and remove a fucking bit of concrete from a chimney no way but my brother dom insists that he is highly practical right he insists that he's basically handy andy and that's the problem It's nice because it means he'll try everything. He will have a go. Mm -hmm. But our house was like always, everything was half done. There was a bathroom with half tiles on and half just bare concrete, right? Right. Similar with the carpet. Some carpet was fitted, but some corners, it was just a flap of carpet bent against the wall. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Right? (laughs) Several semi-painted walls, right? Several poorly fitted taps. All through the house, nothing was quite working because... Rather than just go, we'll call the council, my brother's like, don't be stupid. I can do that. I can do all this stuff. This was based probably on a few days apprentice on a fucking building site, right? When he was 16 or something, thought he'd learned a lot.
0: Mm.
1: And so this time he goes, don't worry, I'll get the thing out of the chimney. I've got a mate who's got a ladder, (laughs) right? (laughs) Big ladder that goes up to the top of the roof and then another ladder that goes across the roof. Do you know the type? Oh yeah right lays flat and gives you something to yeah. walk across and uh my mom's like i'm not fucking sure about this he goes don't worry i'll get my mate steve around now steve i, I may have talked about before we sometimes called him steve the liar he was the guy who claimed that he'd stabbed a tramp on his first date with his girlfriend yes uh, i remember this story. Parachuted yeah. out of a light aircraft with a kilo of skunk uh you yeah. know all these kind of things and um he claimed that he had some roof expertise as well, right? Uh-oh. So my mum's like, my mum's like, oh, fuck it. Now it was bad enough when Dom said he was going to do it. Now he's getting Steve round and he's supposed to be the fucking expert. Right. And, uh, it was fucking funny. Cause I was, I don't know, probably like 13 or something. So I'm out there sort of like kind of pretending to help. Do you want me to hold the ladder? <laughs> Shall I pass <laughs> yeah. you something? Right. And these two cunts, are going up and down this ladder all fucking day. They're going up, they're getting to the top, they're scratching their head. Once in a while, one of them's getting one foot on the actual roof, walking two steps, wobbling, and then going, no, 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 hang on, this isn't going to work. We'll have to think about this again, right? A lot of standing (laughs) around, scratching your head and talking about it, right? Every like fucking hour or so, my mum comes out of a tray of tea and goes, have you made any progress? And my brother's bullshitting, going, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we're getting there. We should have it out soon. Yeah, we're just trying to work out the angles on these ladders and all of this, right? Basically, <laughs> it's a situation of like lack of know-how and profound lack of bo- bottle. Because once you're yeah. fucking up on the fucking roof of a house and you're standing up walking at an angle across some tiles, it looks fucking much scarier and you can harder be dead than, in you, five than you imagine, right? So they're yeah. shitting it, but neither of them will back down. And I've been quietly observing the whole thing all day, but I know better than to sort of start taking the piss and going, "Listen, you two, just fucking fess up. You bottled it, and we're going to have to get some comp from the council round to do this, and just fess up that we've got a new fire installed, right?" In the middle of all of this, the cortina pulls up outside, and it's Terry from next door. Terry from. <laughs> Terry from next door, right, is uh, an incredible human being who, despite the fact that he's been our neighbour for, well, 40 years, more than 40 years, I've probably had, I've probably never exchanged more than a dozen words with him, right? Mm. Still to this day, still lives next door. Um, But that only makes me respect him more, right? Now, he was a foreman. On a building site. Builder his whole life, right? Big fucking bloke, right? Looked like a wrestler. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Taciturn was the word. Like, you (laughs) know, very rarely say anything. Sometimes he'd grunt. I wasn't scared of him, though. He was just like, you just knew Terry was like a man you could rely on in a crisis. Mm -hmm. He was there right next door if ever you needed him, right?
0: But he kept himself to himself.
1: But he didn't feel the need for fucking around with chats and conversations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Terry pulls up after work, dead on the dot, six o'clock, screeches up in the blue Cortina, gets out of the car, looks at my brother, looks at me, looks at Steve, and just goes, what do you think you're doing? Right? Terraced houses, (laughs) so effectively Mm -hmm. our roof is also his roof. So he's got yeah. he's got skin in the game here. Right? Skin in the game. <laughs> and my brother's like trying to act tough in front of Terry because Terry was, you know, the hardest bloke in the street, no doubt about it, right? And they're like, oh, well, well, all right, tell you, we're just, uh, you know, going up to uh, get the, the thing out of the chimney. And I could see just the tiniest smirk emerge in one corner of Terry's mouth. <laughs> Terry wasn't a smiler right he wasn't a smiler he wasn't a laugher, he wasn't a piss take he was a serious man but for the first and only time I saw just the tiniest hint of a grin in one corner of yeah. his mouth as my brother like Terry's about in his late 40s early 50s at this stage my brother's like early 20s right and he's just looked at him and looked at his mate and looked at me and just thought oh yeah and he's just said
0: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash filings. Jalapeño. Jalapeño.
1: And he's got on the ladder, and this is how I remember it, but it can't possibly be true. But in my mind, Terry walked up the ladder without holding on with his hands. <laughs> He just sort happened. of, he kind of like semi-levitated up this ladder. He was a in, builder. So in seconds. Know. And i had been watching these two yeah. blokes, my brother and his mate, go up and down this ladder all day and just getting to the top of the house was taking them like five minutes at a time because <laughs> they were so nervous and going so slowly. And Terry sort of shot up this ladder and then at the top, and they'd also been doing that thing of trying to crawl Spider-Man like across the roof, like almost <laughs> yeah. on all fours. Do you know what I mean? He got to the top and he strolled up the fucking roof, right? Like he was going for a walk in the fucking park on a spring afternoon, right? He strolled up, he reached down with his big meaty arm inside our (laughs) chimney and one-handed lifted out this gigantic fucking ventilated piece of solid concrete with one hand, (laughs) then walked back down the roof with the same sort of karma plump Right, <laughs> Tucked it under his arm and descended the ladder. Again, in my <laughs> mind, not using his hands for balance, right? And I then like de- to
0: think he descended the ladder facing outwards as <laughs> if he's going down a staircase.
1: <laughs> While smoking a jump Player Special, <laughs> Yeah, right? Handed it, without saying anything, handed the bit of concrete to my brother. And as my brother took it in both arms, he sort of, you know, went, <laughs> sort <laughs> of semi-dropped yeah. it. <laughs> and then without saying anything terry just went into his house for his tea <laughs> and my brother was like thanks terry <laughs> and terry just didn't say anything he just went into his house brilliant <laughs> and i was like fucking terry what a man and Legend. terry's still going strong to this day
0: is probably he could that's still
1: could, probably could still do it fucking now um, oh that's so good yeah, so that's that's the the only dealings with chimneys that that is ever that I've ever encountered, and it's like one yeah. of those things. My brother's a bit sensitive still now. He'll, I mean, I'm not saying he's more pra- he's not he is more practical than me. Like, I'm not saying he isn't, but the thing is, he has a I would say an an over exaggerated idea of of how accomplished he is. Like in his mind, he is Terry, right? Yeah, and he, but he's sensitive too. So I've never—I don't think he listens to this pod. No, he doesn't. Um, I would never bring this story up in front of him because mm. it's a—it's it, like you know—you know, everyone's got their triggers, right? That was one oh, of those yeah. things that I've told it to. My mum found it hilarious, right? I've told my other brother Cass about it. He found it hilarious, but I'd never say it in front of Dom because it was like one of those things that we had to pretend hadn't happened. Mm. <laughs> Because... Te- Chimneys though. Yeah.
0: Me da- My me dad's, me dad's mate lives in the countryside and an owl, a live owl, got down his chimney once. He's got a fireplace he doesn't use Yeah. for fire anymore. It's just a fucking... It's just there for sure. And an owl got down the chimney, through the fireplace, into the living room when he was out and the owl absolutely fucking ransacked his living room.
1: Yeah, ah... Oh. Yeah,
0: a trapped owl you do, you can't believe the damage trapped a trapped owl, owl can great do great
1: band trapped owl aren't they
0: yeah <laughs> I can't even remember how they got the owl out maybe the owl just fucked off back well, up the chimney someone had this recently I business. had
1: a, I had a bird in my house once <laughs> no not that sort of bird I had a bird that <laughs> came down the chimney and I just I shat myself and I, I, I took to Twitter this is in my old house I took to Twitter because I was in the house on my own someone gave me a really good bit of advice because like Basically, they can't, the silly cunts, they don't know, they, they don't understand the concept of glass, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So, someone told me, because the bird found its way out of the living room where it had come in through the chimney and into the kitchen, but it kept, silly cunts kept just flying into the fucking window.
0: Banging at the window? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, they said, open the back door and go out in the garden, leave the back door open and hang an opaque blanket of some sort up against the outside of the window oh right yeah yeah because then the the bird fucking like understands that there's something solid there and it finds its way quicker to the, the window or door that you have left open
0: fucking hell yeah
1: so that was quite that's a good tip to bear in mind if you ever find because I, I feel like it's on the rise often on, on Twitter I see people maybe they're just doing it for attention to act cool but I see people increasingly saying there's a bird yeah. in my house what should I, I, know, I
0: do? I, I didn't think it'd still happen. It used to happen quite a bit when I was a kid. I thought it, it stopped. I thought the birds mm. had sort of sorted it out and figured out not to go in houses. My mum's had it in the, it the, in the Isle of Wight,
1: but that's different because the Isle of Wight is like more like the 80s at all times.
0: Have you seen this thing that was in the, the news this week where, um, I'm just trying to find the news story. Yeah, crows and magpies are now starting to use anti-bird spikes to build their nests with...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just cheers classic that cruel I'll material. use it for my nest you daft cunt thanks very much very generous of you stupid human tosser.
0: <laughs> nests recovered from trees in Rotterdam and Antwerp in Belgium were found to be constructed almost entirely from strips of long metal spikes they're often attached to buildings to deter birds from setting up home on the structures. You know, we've all seen them. We've all seen those spikes on tops of buildings. Yeah, they're just pulling them out, making their nests with them. Amazing. Well done, crows.
1: Well done, crows. Um, just a couple of other things that I had on my quick list. They don't have to take a long time. One is when I okay. was. When you brought up um, Fred Dimbar, I was thinking Dibner. I was like. one one clip I saw him ages ago the thing that I remember was his lunch because he turned up at some chimney and he had his mate with him a young lad and he went up the top of the chimney and his mate was down down at the bottom they have a communication technique obviously they didn't have walkie-talkies they sort of like communicated with like signals and his, his mate sort of gave him a signal that it was time for lunch so Fred very slowly and patiently came down his ladder and I just remember watching because, like, you know, they made these shows those days without the need for fast edits or constant music or constant commentary. So they just did yeah. this very peaceful, sort of sustained shot of the two men quietly having their lunch break. And I can't tell you how satisfying and engaging it is to just watch two men, two hardworking men quietly have mm. their lunch break together in silence yeah. but it was it was lovely and they did both they have,
0: did they both have tupperware lunch boxes well
1: they both had this is what i remember they had a flask of oh, tea wrapped in
0: greaseproof paper
1: they had a flask of tea and they both had yeah. just a sandwich wrapped in paper and the sandwich was pretty thin it wasn't like nowadays we're so used to big fat sandwiches right with like loads of ingredients and I just remember thinking, yeah. that's it. And I was watching it thinking, is he not going to have anything else? Is it just the sandwich and the tea. Is he not going to have any crisps? Is he not going to have biscuit. a little biscuit or a chocolate treat like a club <laughs> yeah. biscuit or a two-fingered Kit Kat perhaps? <laughs> Nothing. Mm. And I thought to myself, nowadays, I think, but I might be wrong, in my mind, well, like the meal deal, the Tesco meal deal, that's sandwich, crisps, drink, right? that's the standard lunch that's the standard British lunch Mm -hmm. my question is for you or anyone else who'd like to who has any historical knowledge of lunches when did the bag of crisps become standard because I don't think it I don't think even in the 70s it was certainly in my school days from the early 80s crisps you wouldn't have a sandwich without crisps I mean you know like you'd be bullied
0: well, I, I still do now. If I if I make a sandwich for me lunch at home, I have a bag of crisps with it.
1: If I have a, if I have a sandwich and I don't have crisps to hand, and I'm not exaggerating for Comic Relief, I swear this is true. I panic. I panic. <laughs> yeah, because when I get to the last bite, the last <clears> couple <throat> of bites of sandwich for me, that's when I like to open the crisps and I like to shove some crisps in to go with the last mouthful of sandwich. That for me that's is how just, you do it. That's just how I do it. That's how you, one consumes lunch. And if I ever well, begin f- a sandwich, and sometimes it might be, I assume there's crisps in the house, but I haven't pre-checked, and then I start to panic, and yeah. I think, and you know what I do? I slow down the consumption of the final bite, of the final mouthful of the sandwich, until I can find the crisps, or at least something crunchy, to put in my yeah. mouth. I'll slow it down. It'll be in my mouth, but I'll slow down the actual chew and digest.
0: Until we find something appropriate, yeah. If it, if I have a tuna sandwich, yeah, I have salt and vinegar crisps with it. If I have a ham sandwich, I have cheese and onion crisps with it. Interesting,
1: yeah. So it's because like the way that people pair certain wines with certain foods. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anything else? It'll be really salt.
1: In many ways, Andy, crisps are your wine.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and and in some cafes you go to, they have the crisp equivalent of a sommelier, i.e., a special Let's crisp, see the crisp list. Can I see your crisp list? Yes, we'll send over our crispier, the crisp waiter. <laughs> and a po-faced crisp expert comes over and talks you through their list.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, no, I um, think that's, that's smart. So I don't know if anyone who grew up in, in the 70s, 60s or whatever can tell us the point at which crisps kind of introduced prevalent. themselves as like a basic... And it doesn't really happen in other countries because... In other countries, of course, Andy, they don't have small, handy sized bags of crisps like we have. They only sell mm. gigantic bags of crisps that are for pouring they into do. bowls and sharing. And that is why Britain is the best. Because and I
0: normally have walkers with, yeah, with me lunch. I normally absolutely. have walkers, but I'm going to Spain in a couple of weeks. I'll be having layers. Spanish bags of crisps, layers crisps.
1: Ridged, ridged and cooked in olive oil. The best. continental yeah continental crisps do taste better but it's probably just a novelty um talking um, of foods i was talking about cereal this morning with my wife because yeah. i was like oh like we had this asda sort of muesli granola and on the back you know they have all this cunty sort of marketing stuff written on them now and it goes mm-hmm. like this what you're holding in your hand is a deliciously oh, scrumptious bag of high yeah. fiber, organically grown, delicious. It's as the fucking granola, right? Almond and raisin granola, right? It will keep. Not only will it make your taste buds tingle, it will fill your—and this is the worst bit—fill your tum with lots of Tum-tum. tasty goodness through <laughs> till lunchtime. It literally says "tum," and I'm like, this is as their own brand. Why do they feel the need to do this? And I said, should they all do it? They've all got a load of cunty bollocks written on their packaging.
0: Wasn't it it innocent innocent
1: juice drinks that started that Were they the fuckers who started it? Yeah, well, they need to be taken to some sort of fucking court of human rights. And they were, like, basically... But what I'm saying is now okay innocent started it that was their thing because they were like we're going to set up a juice company but it's going to be specifically aimed at cunts juice for cunts that's our quirky pitch. cookie yeah yeah it, we, we're doing juice for cunts there's loads of cunts out there but they don't have their own juice and how will the cunts know it's no, for them because we're yeah. going to write a load of cunty bollocks on the label and that mm. will show the cunts that this is for them and they'll understand is the it. kind
0: of people who use the word cockwomble yeah,
1: all of that. And holly bobs, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, they're going to – they – they now, but, like, why do Esther feel like they need to copy it? Everyone's caught on. It can't be popular. But what I was interested in was the packaging design. I was like, packets have always existed. So what was in that – they take up a huge – like, half the space of the packaging with a load of, like, pointless nonsense, right? Mm. What used to be there? There must have been something there before. And then I remember because I've been watching that Gods of Tennis series on BBC iPlayer. It used to be on the back. My brothers used to eat cereal. They were obsessed with it. I was never, you know, I'll take it or leave it. I'll have the odd bowl, but I'm not. I'm not a big cereal man. Ooh, but when genius. I when I was a Ooh. kid, they'd be like really. They would sit with their noses to the cereal box, reading it whilst fucking shoveling whatever it was shreddies into their gobs. Right. And people used to love reading the back of boxes, and I thought, "What are they fucking reading?" Because they didn't have this bollocks on it then. And then I remembered, all the cereal boxes and almost all snack foods—they just had pictures of Beyond Borg on, didn't they? And things yeah. about Beyond Borg. He was on every—he yeah. was on every fucking cereal packet. It was either a photo or very often <laughs> a nice illustration of him in action. And then there'd just be like <laughs> stuff about Beyond Borg, and that was on everything. <laughs> yeah when I was a kid that was it cereal and a lot of other snacks but particularly cereal and each will go you know Bill Borg he eats this here's a
0: picture of him here's look. a picture what of him having your breakfast
1: he eats fucking wheat a bix. if you He'd don't be like believe us day. ask him and look at him he's better than you so who are you not to eat it
0: fucking hell and of course there'd be a toy in the cereal as well you'd have to fish out
1: be that Borg wasn't hygienic
0: boy. or healthy or safe Oh, well, there you um, go. Can't go back.
1: Last last question is, well, I tell you, you don't see much of or hear much about anymore, but used to be everywhere. Duncan Goodhue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just, that's this true. This disappeared,
1: mate. So I was wondering if you yeah. knew what he was up Weird. to.
0: Because he was a lot of fun, wasn't he? He was slightly awkward, but he was a lot of but fun. Hey, they, they rolled him for out anything. for
1: everything. Like, literally, I swear he was on blankety-blank, celebrity squares, always doing something for children in need fucking yeah. everywhere. I think there was a moment where he was the most famous. and No, I would say he was definitely the most recognisable man in Britain for a spell in the 80s. But then, yeah. gone. Totally gone. Where is he? It
0: was it was amazing because, of course, everyone thought he was <clears throat> maybe some kind of alien because he was completely bald. Completely bald. That, I mean, young. people
1: pretended they didn't mention it much. So, like, Terry Wogan wouldn't go. And also on the panel tonight, we have the fucking bard fella, Duncan Goodhue. Off of the swimming. <laughs> the bard quant from the swimming pools, <clears throat> Duncan Goodhue himself, right? They'd go, oh, and it's Olympic swimmer, Duncan Goodhue. But then he'd give a look to the camera and with his eyes, he'd communicate, you know, the bald one. Not bald. He's a, <laughs> fucking. He's content. only twenty
0: four and he's fucking bald. <laughs>
1: His head ain't shaved, kids. He's just bald. <laughs> nothing there. Nothing to shave. Imagine what it sounds like if you <laughs> slap it, but you can't slap it. But just imagine if you did. Anyway, that's who we've got on. No offense, Duncan Goodie, but TV producers—they knew what they were up to. They wanted him on there because of the baldness as much as because of the swimming, because in those days. You know, you didn't see I mean you still don't see many people as bald as him, do you?
0: Get this, nineteen eighty one, which was the year after Duncan won his, his big medal. Yeah. We get a headmaster at yeah. my school, Shiny Raw Juniors. <laughs> yeah. Who is bald.
1: Shiny Rod Juniors and a fucking shiny headed <clears throat> cunt as a shiny the head <laughs> teacher. PS <laughs> he as, as the fucking headmaster.
0: And he's he was called Mr. Taylor, he must have been about thirty-two. And he had a similar affliction. It's not an affliction.
1: And did it's your nick was your nickname for him Duncan Goodhue?
0: And he yeah, he wasn't shaved. He was completely bald like Duncan Goodhue. Yeah, so and we super loved shiny. him. He was brilliant. Oh, he was
1: a nice guy, was he? He
0: was lovely. Yeah. So you didn't call him was. Duncan Goodhue? Well, of course we did. Everyone called him Duncan Goodhue. Not with his face though. <laughs>
1: uh, have you found out? Because sometimes when I say these things, you quickly Google them. Have you found out where Duncan Goodhue is? Because um, I'm pretty sure he's not dead.
0: Duncan Goodhue appears to have uh, withdrawn from public life.
1: Has he? Uh, yeah. Has he disapp- is he off He's available
0: grade? if needed. He, he does stuff. He was appeared, he's appeared on several episodes of Dave Gorman's Important Astrology, Astrology Experiment, oh. which I think is a fairly recent show. Okay. So Duncan Goodhue is active. I just don't think he gets asked to do stuff anymore.
1: Well, we'd fucking ask him to do stuff. If we were still doing Humans of Honour, he'd be fucking yeah. right up there on our list. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll get him on, on the reset. Media.
0: Imagine if I got he's him on, on the reset. Media. That'd
1: be good, wouldn't it?
0: He's on Twitter. Where he, he's been on... He was on telly. He was on That's TV York back in March. Right. Oh, okay. He's been doing good. stuff for Cancer Research. Is he still bald?
1: Or is it growing back? He's still bald. Of course he's right. still bald.
0: Okay. Is he st- Yeah. <laughs> is he still he's, doing... He's, the, he's not he's, wearing a syrup of figs or anything He'd, like that. No. Nah. He might wear one in the house, I don't know, but I wouldn't if I were him. He's he's still active, doing a lot of work for um for cancer research by the looks of things. Um low low level activity, I'd say.
1: Okay. Uh, fair but enough. Yeah. Maybe that's just Good what he him. chooses to do. Do you know um I bet he was on cereal boxes as well when they couldn't afford beyond. Oh of course he was. They yeah. probably would have had, you know, him on some <laughs> cornflakes eating a bowl, going, Yeah, I eat this for my fibre every day and it helps me keep swimming. You know those lads on the uh, Rice Krispies boxes, though. Yeah, I call them Snap Crackle and Cunt.
0: That, that's a shame.
1: That's just that's what I call <laughs> that's them. Your,
0: your anti cereal stance in full glare yeah. there.
1: Here they are, that's Snap Crackle and Cunt. They,
0: here they come <laughs> on the telly in the advert break. Busy cunts, aren't they? Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there, Sam. That's nearly 40 minutes. And gi- okay. given that we've got something like 18 episodes to record the next Before week... we go
1: on our holidays.
0: That's far too long. Uh, pre-recording some for uh, holidays. Holly bobs. Holly bobs
1: for our Tam.
0: <laughs> right, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye.